Hi, you're listening to the Connect Your Health to Life coaching podcast. I'm your host, Seth Lusk. I am a self-image coach and empowerment coach with a decade-long background in working in the health, fitness, and nutrition industry. If you're anything like I was or the way that my clients currently are, then you might be struggling with body image issues, self-image issues, or issues with confidence. You might be trying to figure out why you can't take the ideas that you have for living your healthiest and most fulfilling life and turn them into lifelong actions. So join me in this podcast as we dive in deep on topics of mental, emotional, physical, and spiritual health. We're going to look from the perspective of an authentic and empowering mindset and from self-awareness, self-love, and of course, how we can start taking authentic self-action towards living that healthy and fulfilling life that you know you're here to live. I'm going to bust through some of the illusions and myths that we've all been taught to believe along the way and offer you confidence and clarity. I'm so excited to have you on this journey with me. So the only question is, are you ready to find out how you can start living your most authentic and fulfilling life once and for all? Then let's get started, shall we? Hello, hello, everyone. Welcome back to the podcast. For those of you who might be listening in for the first time, welcome, welcome. So, guys, I'm really excited about this episode this week. Also, those of you who have been listening for the last couple of weeks might know this, but new to the episode, if you hear a bunch of noise in the background, they're still working on the road in front of our apartment. Apparently, it will be for the rest of this month. So, um, if you hear some loud banging noises in the background, don't worry. There's <laughs> nothing crazy going on over here other than that they are doing construction work on the road in front of uh, my apartment building. So, yeah, you might hear some noise from that. I'm not sure. Anyways, so really excited about the episode this week, my friends. And the reason why is because this is something that I personally struggled with for so long in my life and was almost ashamed to see the fact that I struggled with this so much in my life until I recognized that everyone, almost everybody on this planet either has or still is struggling with this same exact thing, and most actually still are. And so this is, if you guys saw the title of the podcast, but what will they think of me? It's all about our desire as humans to know other people's opinions and thoughts about us, wanting to manage them, control them, or change them. And... I know that you really do believe that you can do this. And the reason why I know that you believe that you can do this is because I believed that I could do it for the longest time too. So, you're not weird, but you are mistaken, my friends. You are mistaken. And in this episode, I'm going to show you how. So, let's start off by exploring this idea of why we care so much about what other people think of us. And um, I'm not sure if there's any research done on this, but I have a very strong theory and it makes sense. So I'm sure it will make sense to you all too. And it has to do with some things that I've taught you already in the podcast. So just hear me out. I have this feeling that this goes back to our biological design in our primitive part of our brain to seek the safety of a group. 
because a long time ago, this served us to make sure that we stayed alive longer by being part of a group that accepted us and valued us as being a part of the group because this meant more than likely we'd be able to get food, shelter, things that we needed to stay alive. And it's not that necessarily we want to get rid of this desire in the modern day, but we have to we have to have the responsibility of putting it into context of where it came from, why it's still showing up today, and how can we use it today to possibly serve us. Okay? All right, and then there's another piece to this. I also think that a huge part of the puzzle that nobody is looking at, and this is what we're going to focus on a lot today, and this is how our modern society does not teach us emotional responsibility. And so you might be asking, what is emotional responsibility? Emotional responsibility is recognizing where our emotions come from, what they are here for, and then knowing that we have power to create them and choose how to respond to them. And since society doesn't teach this to us, I think this whole um, underlying kind of desire from the primitive brain that our prefrontal cortex is observing, why it's so confusing for us is because we're not taught about this emotional responsibility. And we're also not taught by our modern society that we have power to decide who and what we are. And no one else can do that for us. We still want to believe that other people do that for us. And I think this comes from things that were taught from such a young age that people make us feel things and that we look to other people for approval that we're allowed to be something that we want to be that is good and acceptable and that our goal is to be something that people will like and act in a way that people will like, etc. And this creates this illusion that us being likable or us being... Whatever it is that we are is decided by other people. And this is kind of like the underlying allure to or cause of our people-pleasing nature. And this people-pleasing nature actually creates this powerful desire to spend so much time trying to know, manage, control, and change what other people might think about us or what their opinions are of us. So let's put this into some like real life context that you might understand. What does spending time in what other people think look like for us? So some examples that I saw in my own life and that I hear from clients that I work with or just people that I have conversations about this with in general is that they worry a lot what other people's opinions might be. And they spend a lot of time trying to figure out what other people think of them. And what they, they do this in so many different... It's, it's almost kind of humorous because I, I've, when I watch it happening, I'm like, oh my god, I so used to do that too. And so it kind of makes me laugh a little bit, but I don't, I'm not like laughing at the expense of the other person. I'm laughing because I'm like, <laughs> I recognize the insanity of the way that I used to behave when I was doing this is that I would spend so much time doing these little things to try and figure out what people thought about me without just, like, asking. Because, and I'll explain this a little bit later, even if I asked them what they thought about me, if they told me, I didn't believe them. <laughs> so, so I spent so much time doing these really, like, 
in hindsight, I'm like, oh my god, I was so, I was so insane with, with this. <laughs> so many ways that I would go about trying to figure out what other people thought about me. And then, okay, so another way that this shows up is that we believe that we know what other people think about us. Again, total crazy <laughs> things that I used to do. Um, and then we also believe that what we believe someone else thinks about us tells us how we have to view ourselves. And again, I'm laughing. Forgive me if I laugh a lot in this podcast, guys. I'm not laughing at you. I'm laughing at... Again, the hindsight of the things that I used to do in search of this whole people-pleasing nature and trying to know and control what other people think about me. So, the other way that this shows up is this people-pleasing behavior. And some of you, I I use this word people-pleasing a lot. And actually, I had a conversation with someone this week and realized this person had no idea what I meant when I said people-pleasing. So, I want to explain that a little bit. People-pleasing is when we take this desire for knowing another person's opinion of us and wanting it to be favorable, and then we choose to act in a way or present ourselves in a way that we believe will get the approval of the other person or cause them to look at us in a favorable way or cause them to look at us how we think we want to be looked at by that person or group of people. And this could be things like saying yes to things that we really don't want to do, but we want this person to think we're a good person, so we say yes to it anyways. And then we're just like so bitter inside about the fact that we're doing this thing that we don't really want to do, that we agreed to do simply because we want this person to like us. And <laughs> and the truth is that, that they don't even really like us anyways because they, they, they might like the fact that we said yes to their thing, but that's not even us, so... That's interesting. Um, All right, so why is it that we people please? Um, It's the same reason why we do anything. We think that if we control another person's opinion of us and create enough evidence for ourselves that that opinion from the other person is one which we would like to be held in or that we believe we will feel something that we want to feel when someone thinks that about us. The short answer is basically... We do this because we want to feel something, and we think that people-pleasing is the way to feel it. So what is it that we might want to feel? We might want to feel like we are likable or that we are lovable. We might want to feel good about ourselves, accepted, cool, needed, important, secure, good enough. We might want to feel pretty or beautiful or handsome or mysterious or admirable. We might want to feel like we're a good person, like we're relevant, like we're wanted, desirable, or attractive. There are so many different things that we may want to believe about ourselves or feel about ourselves. And we do this people-pleasing nature because we think that somehow by someone else thinking this about us or believing certain things about us that we will feel those things. So, my friends, if you've paid attention to anything that I've said in the episodes um, that I've already put out for you all, then you'll know that the work that I do comes from this thing that I call the thought model. So I want to look at that again really quick for those of you who are new, and for those of you who are not, a review never hurts. So, the thought model. What creates our feelings in the thought models? Let me go through the thought model one time again. We have circumstances or things. So other people, the sky, the temperature, the light in the room, the light outside, um, the yeah, all of this stuff, things around us. These are circumstances. 
Okay, circumstances are 1000% and yes, there is a 1000% because I'm saying so right now. Circumstances are 1000% neutral until we have a thought about them. And maybe I will do an, an entire episode on the thought model because I know I get pushback on this every time I say this and everyone's like, but what about? Okay, so maybe I'll do an episode entirely on the thought model someday. But for now, so just believe me for a minute. Every circumstance is 1000% neutral until you have a thought about it. Those thoughts that we have come from our beliefs. And these create our feelings about the circumstance. Okay? And then from those feelings, depending on if we recognize where those feelings came from, what they're here for, how we choose, that's where we will choose how to respond to them. And then therefore what actions we will take. And then therefore the results that we will create in our life. So every result you have in your life can be traced back basically to a neutral circumstance that you have a belief and a thought about. Okay? So it really goes back to beliefs and thoughts. So... If we want to feel something particular about ourselves, then how inefficient is it that we tend to go about it through trying to get someone else to convince us to think and believe something that we want to think and believe about ourselves? And not only is it inefficient, it's actually impossible. It's very impossible. (laughs) Let me explain. Have you ever met someone, or maybe you can identify as yourself as this, And no matter how many times people tell you or this other person that you can imagine that they are liked, that they are loved, that they belong, and that they are appreciated in a group, they still believe that they do not belong and that nobody likes them. Actually, in fact, everyone hates them. We may even judge this person as there's obviously something wrong with them or they're just too needy. But the truth is, They're just a vivid example of something that most of us do that we're talking about today. And the reason why we're bothered by it is because it reminds us, it reminds us, let me speak properly, it reminds us of something that we are doing. It reminds us of a capacity that we have within ourselves to do this same thing. Because what they're doing is they're actually just refusing to believe the things about themselves that they want to believe about themselves. They are waiting around for someone else to do their work for them of loving themselves and believing in who they are so that they don't have to do it. Because they don't think that they can. And here's the problem with this, my friends. Waiting around for someone else to make you believe something or feel something about yourself, which is impossible, if you wait around for it, it will never happen. It will never happen. I know you think that it will. (laughs) I know you do, (laughs) because I did too. (sighs) And some of us, after a certain amount of time, or words or actions from other people, that we will label as evidence of the things we want to believe about ourselves, we will accept the evidence from a group of people that we are liked and accepted by that group of people or that person. And for a period of time, we will allow ourselves to feel and believe that until someone else does something that says something that we think indicates otherwise. And because we do not see yet that we are the ones that decided this and we are the deciding factor here we will start to question our own feelings and beliefs of our likability and acceptability and have to go back through that whole process again of trying to get enough words 
or try and get enough evidence from these people that we are what we want to believe about ourselves, that we are likable and accepted. And the more times we go through this process, guess what? The more evidence we require from people, from other people outside of us, before we'll believe it. And again, because we don't believe it actually came from us, the moment that another person comes around with enough of convincing actions and words that questions it, we'll start to question it again. So we'll go through this cycle, and it just repeats and repeats and repeats. And every time you need a little bit more evidence, a little bit more evidence, a little bit more evidence, and bonus, it gets easier for you to start questioning your belief about yourself because it's such a repeated cycle that you recognize, you start to create this belief within yourself that there's no way that I can know me for real. I have to depend on other people. So you actually have these thoughts and feelings about yourself for a shorter and shorter period of time every time because you're still looking for this evidence around you that it's not true because you you believe that it's actually not true in kind of like the background. And And I'll talk about why it is that we believe that in the background here in a little bit. It comes from our primitive brain. So the key here is this. We do not feel accepted and liked until we choose to believe that about ourselves. No one makes us feel it. We choose to do it. So someone can be told a million times that they are loved and still feel unloved. And it's simply because they are refusing to believe for themselves that they are loved and believe that someone else has to make them feel it. And what I'm sad to say is this, it will never happen. When we rely on someone else to make us feel something they always fail. And the reason why is not because there's something wrong with the other person. It's because it's not humanly possible for another person to make you feel anything or for you to make someone else feel anything. We are all human beings and we all have the final say in what we feel about anything, including how we feel about ourselves. Some things we tend to accept or just believe a little bit easier. And therefore, we feel that those things are, because we feel that those things are easier, that maybe we we feel a little bit more like it came from someone else. Things like, my boss yells at me, and it means that he's angry. But it might be harder to believe when my boss gives me a compliment (laughs) that it is because I'm a good employee and I do amazing work. It's interesting how that works, huh? This is, okay, so here's why this happens. And I mentioned this earlier, I was going to explain where this comes from the primitive brain. Why it is that it's so easy for us to, after this pattern, jump back into not believing the good things about ourselves. It comes from the way our primitive brain is wired. And my friends, remember, we have a prefrontal cortex for a reason. But we also did not get rid of our primitive brain when the prefrontal cortex was built, because we still need that primitive part of our brain for survival. The issue that we have in the 21st century is that there's actually not that much going on right now that threatens our survival in the immediate, like, present moment. So we need that less and less, and we need more of our prefrontal cortex. But the programming in the primitive part of the brain is very powerful. And because we give into that so frequently, we forget that our prefrontal cortex has the power to observe that programming and create new programming. It can. That's why it's there. But we, because we're taught, again, that all of our feelings, thoughts, everything comes from outside of us, we never pay attention to the power that our brain has. Go back to the Hammer and the Unmanaged Mind episode and listen to that. My friends, you have a very powerful tool when it comes to your mind. But anyways, the primitive brain is wired to look for the bad 
to look for the danger, to look for something to protect ourselves from. The primitive brain wants to, it runs a software program called, there's something wrong. (laughs) There's something wrong. And it's always running in the background. So, this also applies to our beliefs about ourselves. When we want to believe something good about ourselves, the primitive part of the brain is still going to look through all of those beliefs and try and find something wrong with it. It wants to find something wrong with it. And your primitive brain is not trying to be evil. It's trying to do what it was designed to do, which is protect you. And it thinks it's protecting you by not not allowing you to feel too safe about your beliefs about yourself. And there's nothing wrong with that when you recognize it and recognize that you have the power to manage that. Where it becomes a problem is where you become a victim of it. You allow it to define for you what you're allowed to believe about yourself and to convince you that the only safe way to believe those things about yourself is to look for enough evidence out there, meaning from other people, that you're allowed to believe this thing about yourself that you want to believe. Okay? So you're primitive part of your brain is always going to be looking for the negative, for the bad, for the something is wrong. And so it's easier for us to accept it's okay. So it's interesting. It's easier for us to accept the, what I would, what most of us would call negative opinions of other people about us. I, I would debate whether or not it's negative and we can talk about that in another episode. But for now, if you recognize it's, It's maybe more easy to recognize it in other people, so maybe think of another person that you've seen do this, and then recognize you're probably also doing it yourself, but you're not allowing yourself to see it. We're very afraid to see our own people-pleasing nature and how important other people's opinions are to us, because when we do, it's very scary because we have no power in that situation. But at the same time, we want to focus on it. Interesting, huh? So, this is why... And you may have a friend that you see this happen in. They could re- they could receive 500 compliments about, I don't know, think of a girlfriend that you have, how beautiful they look in a dress, how beautiful their makeup looks, or how nice their haircut looks on them. They could receive a million compliments about it. And one person could look at them and say, oh, I don't know about that haircut. Maybe it makes your face look a little bit too short or too wide. Or I don't know about that dress on you. Have you seen the way it makes your hips look? What Don't you want your hips to look thinner? Or don't you want your hips to look curvier? Or all it takes is that one person to put that little seed of doubt in their mind about what they want to believe about themselves in this dress or with their makeup or with their hair. And they will believe that one criticism over the one million compliments that they had. Have you ever wondered why we do this? It's because of that primitive part of our brain that's saying, something is wrong. Look for something wrong. And so when someone gives us a criticism, we're like, oh, there's the something wrong. Follow that. That's the, that's the thing that's going to keep us safe. Look into that right there. And tells us to focus on that over all of the compliments. It's insane, right? <laughs> okay, it only seems insane until you recognize where it comes from how our primitive brain is wired. Of course it's going to make us think that. It wants to know what is wrong, so it's going to look for the wrong. The one criticism will always be more important to your primitive brain than all of the compliments. It always will be. But that's okay. There doesn't have to be anything wrong with that. 
Because guess what? We also have this huge part of our brain that sits on top of that primitive brain called the prefrontal cortex that we get to use and be in to manage that primitive part of our brain. To look at that thought and say, yeah, I get why that feels important to you. But we have these 500 or 1 million compliments over here. I'd rather focus on those than this one criticism because I want to believe these things about me. So that's where I'm going to look. And we have the power to decide that. My friend, you have the power to decide that. Believe me. Please believe me. (laughs) It's so true. But we have such a hard time believing that. So the truth is this. When we people please, we're actually being dishonest with ourselves and with those around us about who we are. And we're doing this... Because we think that we need this other person to think something about us in order for us to believe something about us. So we act in a way that is not genuine to us to try and create the evidence that we think we need, that we will finally believe that we are this thing that we want to believe. So this is kind of where the people-pleasing nature all comes out from. And the truth is, when we do this, we're being dishonest. We're trying to delegate our own job and responsibility of deciding for ourselves what we are and who we are and knowing that, believing that, believing it. And yeah, I think sometimes we get a little bit confused about what believing versus thinking actually is. Maybe I'll talk about that another time. But anyways, so I know that this may sound... A little bit harsh or judgmental for some of you, but it's truly not judgmental. In fact, when I'm saying that people-pleasing is dishonest, I want you to notice that for you. I don't want you to judge yourself and be like, oh, I'm a dishonest, horrible person. No, 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 no. Because I've shown you the reason why we do it. It's not because you're a horrible person. It's because you've been taught your entire life to sort of be a slave to your primitive brain versus using your prefrontal cortex to manage it. We're all taught that. We're all taught that because in kindergarten, when Sally slapped you, oh, did Sally make you feel sad? Or when Billy looked at you and said, ooh, gross, you have cooties. Oh, did Billy make you feel bad? From that very early age, we bought into this belief system that other people make us feel things. So of course, you think that people-pleasing keeps you safe, keeps you... That's how you get liked. That's how you get to feel like you're likable and lovable. That's how you get to feel good things about yourself. So I don't want you to judge yourself here for recognizing this. I want you to see your power here. Because by seeing this, you get all of your power back. And I mean, you truly get to allow yourself to open the door to love and accept and have compassion and see your worth for yourself that you deserve. Because all this time, you've been waiting for someone else to make you feel those things, when the only person that's actually capable of it is you. And no one has shown you that yet. So stop, don't don't slip into judgment and guilt here when I say, you're the one responsible for this. And that people-pleasing is being dishonest. It's lying. I don't want you to feel guilty about that, but it is lying, and recognize why you're doing it. It's because you think that that's what you have to do to feel good about yourself. And I want to show you you don't have to, okay? And if you don't believe me, I want to show you this example here, and I use this with my clients all of the time. 
And so if you have blue hair truly, just in this example, change the color to another color that your hair color is not. <laughs> because if, if I use this example and you actually have blue hair, you're going to be like, well, I have blue hair. So just pick a different color in this example. But I'm going to use the example of blue hair because I don't know so many people that have blue hair, but I have seen some and it looks quite nice. I'm not going to lie. The blue hair can be rocked on some people quite well. So let's use this example here. Say someone walked up to you and said, I'm going to use my name here, Seth, I just, I think your blue hair looks hideous on you. It just doesn't, it doesn't suit you. It doesn't look good with your, your skin complexion. It makes you look washed out. It makes you look, uh, I don't know. It just doesn't look good on you. Okay. If someone walked up to me and said that, do you know what I'm going to think about them? Or no, no, better yet. Do you know what I'm going to think about myself and my hair? Absolutely nothing. (laughs) because I don't have blue hair. I don't have blue hair. And I know for a fact, I believe with 1000% of my being that I don't have blue hair. So the only thing I might think if someone says, I don't like your blue hair is maybe this person needs to get their eyes checked because I don't have blue hair and they think I have blue hair. So my only thought in this situation would be about the other person and worrying about their eyesight. And guys, I don't know if you hear that in the background, but someone just decided to agree with me with a chainsaw outside, so it's quite loud. Um, So yeah, the thing is, my friends, when someone says something about us or acts in a way that makes us think they're thinking something about us or saying something about us, the reason we feel something about ourselves is not because of what the other person said or did. It's because we already believe something about ourselves in what they said. So if someone had come up to me and said, okay, so I've been kind of trying to grow out my highlights and go back to my natural, slightly darker blonde hair. And if someone said, Seth, I really think I like your highlights better, like when you have more blonde hair. I have some thoughts and beliefs about the blonde hair and my natural color versus the blonde color. And so I may actually have some thoughts about myself when they said that, and I might believe some things about myself when they said that because I already have thoughts and beliefs about this. So here's the thing. When you feel something after someone says something to you, what I need you to recognize it has is that it has nothing to do with what that person said. It's actually what you already, you already had a belief there about that topic, about yourself, and that's what's making you feel something. Okay? All right, so here is the worst part about this. Most of the time, we are believing things about ourselves that are based on other people's thoughts, not even their words that they say to us. We choose to feel certain ways about ourselves based on what we think other people think about us. (laughs) Think about that. That's right. (laughs) We create so many images about ourselves based on what we choose to believe that other people might be thinking or believing about ourselves. And we don't even know whether or not it's true. And in fact, it rarely, if ever even, I would actually say probably never, is the total truth. And I know that you think that you can figure out what other people think. I know that you think that. I know that we all think that we are experts at figuring out what other people think about us. Here's the thing. Even if you get them to say the words out loud that you believe is what they are thinking, it still doesn't prove that that is what they think or believe. Do you know how I know this? Because you, right now, while you're people-pleasing, 
you are telling people things about you that you think that they want to hear to try and create a desired feeling in yourself. So you are saying things to people regularly that you think or believe that in fact you do not think or believe because you're only saying them because you think that it will make them think something about you. (laughs) And guess what? If you think that you're alone in this, my friends, you're really not. (laughs) You're really not. A lot of other people are doing this too. A lot of other people. As a matter of fact, I'd say about 95 to 100% of people on the planet are doing this too. So guess what? Even if you get the other person to confirm with words out of their mouth that what they are thinking is what you believe that they are thinking, it still doesn't actually prove that that is what they think. (laughs) And if you spend time manipulating yourself to try and manipulate their thoughts and feelings about you and get them to say what it is that you think that you want to hear from them so you can feel what it is that you want to feel, even if they say it, you are still the one in the end that gets to choose to feel what you wanted to feel the whole time. And you still have zero proof that this is what they actually think or believe about you. Think about the last time you watched someone try so hard to be liked by you. I want you to think about this because I think this will also make this a little bit clearer. Think about a time when someone who you didn't like tried really hard to get you to like them. And you may have felt a little bit of guilt, or you might have felt bad, like maybe you'd be mean or something, uh, or be a bad person if you didn't like them after all of that effort, but you still really didn't like them. But you might tell them that you did, or say something or do something to quote-unquote make them think (laughs) that you like them. Because you think that this will make them think that you're a good person or a nice person. (laughs) So now you think that this person thinks that you like them, but you don't. And you actually just created evidence for yourself that people's words don't mean anything. So then, when you do your people-pleasing to try and get people to like you, now you have to work even harder to believe that. Because you just created evidence for yourself that people lie about the things that they think. Because you do it. So now you have to do, you have to provide yourself with even more evidence from people that you are actually likable and that they're not lying. So then you end up obsessing over their thoughts and opinions even more, wanting to know and change and control them even more because you still believe that what you want to feel about yourself has to come from them. And because now you have this belief that people lie about what they think, guess what? You have to work even harder for it. So if after all of this exhausting work, and I mean, it is exhausting. Let's be honest with ourselves here. It's so tiring to try and spend so much time managing everybody's opinion about you. And you can't even do it in the long run. So <laughs> if after all of this exhausting work, you do ever start to feel what it is that you want to feel, guess what? It's simply because you chose in the end to believe the words coming out of their mouth as being true about you. And or that their actions mean something about you that you want to believe about you. And it's because you believed it. Therefore, you felt what you wanted to feel about you because you chose to believe it. Your belief about you, in the end, is what is making you feel what you are wanting to feel. So all of this effort and this drama and this work was so that in the end, you could finally do the work that you've been avoiding doing all this time. And that's the work 
that changed how you felt. And what I mean by that work is choosing to believe something about yourself that you want to believe about yourself. It's fascinating, huh? It's really quite fascinating. Like we spend so much of our energy and time during the day worrying about other people's opinions and thoughts and trying to manipulate them and convince them and control them. And it's it's just, it's exhausting. And in the end, all it is is that we have to choose to believe this about ourselves. It's really fascinating. And here's the other part of this. No matter what you say or do to try to try and create a thought or feeling about you and get another person to act in a way that causes you to believe that they think that, or even if they say something that you choose to make mean what you wanted to feel about yourself, guess what? The other person in the end has the final choice about what they think or feel about you, and you have zero control over that. So not only do you never know 100% what the other person thinks or feels about you, you have zero control over it in the end because they get to decide it just like you got to decide what you believe about you. So everyone around you gets to do that too. You're not alone or special in this one. You're special in so many ways. But in being able to form your own opinion about other people and yourself, so does everyone else. Everyone else has that same ability as a human. We all do. We're all not owning it, which is why we're so busy out there. (laughs) Like me, please. Love me, please. Be my friend. Show me that I'm lovable. That's why we're all out there doing that. But the truth is we have to decide that for ourselves in the end. And so do they. So do they. Okay. Here's something else I want to bring up. Another example that, that might bring this home. If you had the power to control what other people thought about you, I want you to imagine that you walk, okay, you're hosting a party at your house, okay? You walk into the room, and there are 10 people there that are at this party at your house. You sit at the, it's a circular table. You sit at your seat at the table. There's all these 10 people around you. You act in the most quote-unquote perfect way that you know how to. You've dressed in a way that you love the way that you look in your clothes, and you think that other people like these clothes on you, you say all of the quote-unquote right things, do all of the right things, and these ten people are there at this party watching you do all of this, okay? So, this entire time, everyone's physical experience of you in the room was exactly the same. They were all in the same room, watching you do the same things, seeing you wear the same clothes, hearing you say the same words. But guess what? If you take all ten of these people away from that room after that experience, put them in separate rooms where they're not around each other, there's no fear of anyone finding out what they're going to say, and you just ask them, what do you think about, I'm going to use my name, what do you think about Seth? What is your opinion of Seth? Do you know what will happen? If the truth was that your behaviors, your words, the way that you showed up, the way you dressed, the way you smelled, the way you fixed your hair, the way you did your makeup, all of that, if that was what controlled what these people thought about you and their opinions about you, then they would all have the same exact opinion about you. But guess what? If you take all ten of these people, put them in ten separate rooms where they know no one's going to find out what they say, and ask for their true opinion of you, they'll all have a different opinion opinion. All have different thoughts. All explain a different experience. And the reason why 
is because you have nothing to do with it. And I know that you think that you do. And I know that you think that you control this. And I know you want to believe that. But the truth is their thoughts have to do with them, about their experience of the world, and about all of the things that they have seen, experienced, made their beliefs about. That's what, when they show up in that room at that party with these other nine people and you, they are experiencing you through that lens. Okay? And that's what their opinion is about. So I know you want to think that you can control other people's opinions about you. I know you want to believe that. And here's what is so cool about that. That you do truly believe that. And I'm sitting here proving to you how it's not wrong, how it's not true. But what's cool is that you do believe that right now. And guess what's really cool about that? And I know you're probably thinking, oh my god, Seth's lost his mind right now. What's cool about it, that is this, is that you take action from that belief all of the time. When you people please, when you do all of the crazy things, that, <laughs> the crazy things that we do to try and people please and manipulate other people's opinions about us and thoughts and try and manage them, we're taking action from that belief. And guess what? The belief is not true. There's no physical evidence that it is actually factual. There is zero factual evidence of it. But you are living from that belief all of the time, and you spend so much of your time and energy living in that belief, trying to manage other people's thoughts and beliefs. You choose to believe that. And look at how powerfully that belief shows up in your life to create actions, albeit they're actions that are not serving you, but they create a powerful pull towards action, that belief that you can control someone else's thoughts and feelings. Do you feel how powerful that belief pulls you to do these actions? It's fascinating, isn't it? And here's what's so amazing about that and why I said it's so cool that you believe this. You created that belief. You created that belief that you can control other people's opinions because there's no factual evidence that you can. So you just chose to believe that. And look at how powerfully that shows up in your life. Now, what if... You created those beliefs about you that you wanted to believe about you, but you think that other people have to make you believe. What if you created those beliefs about yourself for yourself with that same fierceness, even though you don't have the factual evidence to back it up? And I know you're going to say, oh, but Seth, I don't want to be crazy and delusional. Come on, people are going to think I'm so crazy if I believe these things about myself and I don't have any factual evidence. <laughs> My friend, I love you. I really, really do. But I need you to pay attention to this because you're already crazy and delusional. You're crazy and delusional in the fact that every time you act upon this belief that you can control another person's thoughts and opinions about you. Every time you act on that, you are being crazy and delusional. <laughs> and don't feel judgment about that. Let's laugh about it, okay? You're not doing the things that you want to do in your life because you're afraid of being crazy and delusional, but the truth is you're already being crazy and delusional. You do it all of the time, so many times a day, and you waste so much time and energy doing it. And you're doing it because you're afraid to be crazy and delusional. So if we're already going to be crazy and delusional, why don't we do it in a way that actually serves us? And I'm saying all of this, my friends, because I want you to see this. 
You have the power to live from a belief without the factual evidence that it is true. Because I know you're waiting around for the factual evidence to believe the things about yourself that you want to believe because it's so much easier to believe the negative things because of your, your primitive brain and you don't want to use your prefrontal cortex and you're waiting around and believing you don't have the power to live from those beliefs because you don't have enough factual evidence, but that's total crap, my friends, because you're living from a belief right now that you don't have factual evidence for. So stop lying to yourself about that. You do have the power to do it. You are infinitely powerful, my friend. You're doing this amazing thing that I'm telling you can, you can do for your, in your favor. You're doing it against yourself all of the time. So stop lying to yourself that you don't have power to do this. We are all allowing our primitive brain to control us by letting this desire to look for what is wrong and to look for what is bad about us to protect us from other people not liking us because we want to be part of the group. Um... So we, we are literally allowing our primitive brain to have control over us and not using our prefrontal cortex to manage it by allowing those desires from the primitive brain to cause us to believe in the negative and not allow ourselves to believe in the things that we want to believe about ourselves. And you're waiting around for someone else to give you permission to believe these things that you want to believe about yourself, but it will never happen. It will never happen because the reason you believe these, these quote-unquote negative things about yourself that other people say is because you already believed it in the first place. You already believed that. And so therefore, you accepted the words from the other person. Okay? But you're making it all up anyways. <laughs> you're making it all up anyways. You are. You are. So when you say things like, well, I know that I'm not likable. That's why I believe when people tell me that I'm not likable. You don't know that you're not likable because I promise you there are people on this planet that like you. There are. You probably have encountered several of them, but you've never allowed yourself to believe that because you want to believe that you're not likable. And that's why you feel not likable. It's not because other people don't like you, okay? It really comes down to this. We have to get to the space where we decide for ourselves what we want to believe about ourselves, no matter what anyone else thinks. That's what it comes down to. And I know you guys are going to be like, oh, but I don't want to be so arrogant and cocky and obnoxious and... And I know what you're talking about. There are these people that show up in life. They're like, well, I don't care what anyone thinks about me. I don't care what anyone thinks about me. And they have that sort of like resistant, like bobbing their head. And they have this arrogant quality, this like uh, almost resistive energy around them. And I want to tell you that the truth is, my friends, people that act this way do care very much what people think about them. That's why they're acting that way. When you don't care about what other people think about you from a genuine space of love and abundance, it shows up very differently. You are not an obnoxious, arrogant person. Showing up as this obnoxious, arrogant behavior comes from the insecurity of caring very much about what people think about you. And so you resist those opinions by saying things like, well, I don't care what anyone thinks about me. What I want to say is when you show up as the genuine version of yourself, the genuine version of yourself that you know you truly are, that likable, lovable person that you know you are, it doesn't come across as this arrogant, cocky, resistive, standoffish way. It comes across more like this. I know that I am awesome. And I know this because everyone else is too. And all humans are. And I'm a human. I know some people will not like me. And that is okay. I truly get it. I had a hard time liking me at first too. So I get it. But I still love me. And I even love you. Because I'm a peach. 
And maybe you don't like peaches. And there's nothing wrong with peaches or people that don't like peaches. Okay? So if you don't like me, that is okay. I still love me. And I still love you. Do you see the difference between, well, I don't care what anyone thinks about me, and the other statement of, I love myself because I am 1,000% lovable and so is everybody else. So is everybody else. The difference there is that my likability, my lovability does not come from me being better than anyone else, being superior. Because these people that come across as this cocky, arrogant this this way of behaving, they're doing it because they believe that they have to be better than other people in order to be good enough. So they're literally, their likability and lovability comes at the expense of other people's likability and lovability. And what I'm trying to tell you is that we can all be 1000% lovable and likable. There's enough to go around. And when you learn to love and like yourself from that space... When you do that, it's not coming at the expense of anybody else. Can you see that? And <clears throat> here's, here's one thing that I've, <clears throat> I've kind of learned to do as, as a result of being able to see this and learning that loving something about myself doesn't have to be cocky and arrogant. How it shows up in my life is, is this. I, I get a lot of criticism. I get a lot of criticism from people about things about me. Some things are like like on my f- Facebook posts or Instagram posts. You write so much. People about the podcast. Your podcasts are so long. You talk a lot, Seth. You explain everything so much. Some people don't like those things about me. And guess what? That's okay. I don't judge them for not liking those things about me. It actually took me a long time to like those things about me, too. <laughs> Because for the longest time, I thought because people thought that that was, some people thought that was annoying, that that meant that I was annoying because I did that. Until I realized, wait, no, if I took everyone else's opinion away about that quality about me, if I didn't know that anyone else had an opinion about that, I like that about me. I like that I love to explain things to people. I love that I love to take the time to make sure a person understands something fully when I'm communicating something to them. I love that about me. And I understand that some people won't like it, and that's okay. There's nothing wrong with them. There's nothing wrong with them for not liking that. If they don't like a peach, they don't like a peach. Maybe they like blueberries instead, and that's okay. There's nothing wrong with them for liking blueberries instead of peaches. There are a lot of people out there that like peaches, and so I'm going to be as peachy as I can for all my peach lovers out there. To my peach lovers out there, here I am. I'm your peach. (laughs) So, guys, here's this difference between this... Well, I don't care what anyone else thinks about me. I just don't care. That versus I get that other people will not like me. And that's okay. I'm still going to show up as me. It's not that I don't care what other people think because what other people think isn't important for them. But it doesn't have to change who I am or what I think about me. And from that perspective, I don't care what other people think as in it interfering with how I'm going to show up as 100% me, the talkative, explainy, <laughs> wordy, long-winded person that I know I am. <laughs> okay? That is, I want to be clear about that here. So changing who you are, how you act, in order to manage other people's thoughts or feeling, it's just a huge waste of time, my friends. I truly... 
I'm going to give a, a Yelp rating here. I don't recommend it. I, I give it zero stars. <laughs> okay? Because even if you manage to know what... Even if you think that you manage to know what other people are thinking about you, or even, you know what, let's say that we, we could get inside of their brain. Let's say we could get inside of their brain and hear their thoughts. Say you're psychic and you can hear their thoughts. Guess what else? What they think about you? It isn't about you anyways. It's not about you. I know, it's totally crazy, right? But what they think, quote-unquote, about you is actually just about a collection of perceptions that they have accumulated over their lifetime that they associate you with and then therefore interpret the information of your uh, output as their input through that lens. And so therefore, this lens lens determines what they are able to see when they look at you. But it has nothing to do with who you actually Excuse me, I have something in my throat. It has nothing to do with who you actually are, or what you actually are, or even how you actually look. Let me put it to you this way. If someone was colorblind and could not see the color of red, and you have red hair, they would say, for instance, always see that you have brown hair. Even if you tell them over and over and over and over again, my hair is red, they cannot see red, okay? They may even say, yes, your hair is red to you, to people please you, But the reality is, they know when they look at your hair, they see brown. So my friends, can you see what I'm trying to say here? Their seeing brown of your hair doesn't make your hair brown, but that's what they're able to see through their eyes. So when people metaphorically look at you through their perception of the world, what they see is not about you. It's not about you anyways. It's just what they are able to see. And still, for some reason, we keep giving this responsibility of our likability, of knowing who we are and what we are, we keep giving it to others. When the one person who gets to determine that is ourselves, because we're the only ones who truly know us anyways. Because other people's experience of us is about them. So I want you to think about someone that you love in the world. Someone who you just think is the most amazing person in the world. Okay? Think of them. Think of them. Okay? Someone, or actually a lot of people, because there are almost, what, like 8 billion people on the planet right now? A lot of people do not like them. So let me ask you, does that make the person that you're thinking of right now less likable or less amazing? The answer is probably no. And in fact, you if, if I were to tell you, whoever this person is that you're thinking of, if I, t- if I thought that they were unlikable, or if I told you, hey, this group of people over here don't don't like them, What you're probably going to say is something along the lines of, well, obviously they just don't know him. They can't see him, or they don't see him the way I see him. And you might even say something like, obviously they don't know him very well, because if they knew him, then they would see blah, 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 blah about him. Wait for it. (laughs) Wait for it. I can hear the wheel spinning right now, guys. Let it click. Let it click. Do you see how someone else's view of your amazing person did not change anything about that person? It didn't change anything about them. And it didn't even change your view of the person because you already have solidified your view of this person. And anyone who thinks otherwise, you just recognize, obviously, they don't know them very well. The same thing, my friends, applies to you. Why are you willing to do that for someone else but not for yourself? We spend so much energy worrying about other people's perception of us because we think it defines who we are when we're the ones that choose that. We choose 
to think and believe what we want to think about ourselves. In the end, it's always our choice. And, my friends, no matter how much time you spend trying to manipulate someone else's perception of you, or even of themselves, they also are the ones in the end that is in control of that. We don't get to change it. Whatever they choose to see or think about themselves or about you is about them anyways. Take a minute and breathe. There's a lot of stuff to take in, okay? I love you. Everything is okay now. Everything is okay. I have something else to share. Are you ready? This also means that if anyone does like something about you, they tell you you're amazing, they love you, they adore you, even if you believe that, what they think about you is still not about you. I have lived from this knowing for years now, and I know that you might think that this is sad, but it's not. It's very empowering because, you see, I know who I am. And I haven't become arrogant and cocky about myself because when people compliment me, I'm able to accept those compliments that they give to me, but not from a space of arrogance because I see that what they love about me is really about them. It's something that they are learning to see in themselves. And I am so happy to keep reflecting to them, holding up that mirror for them through them seeing it in me. And I'll take the compliment and I'll feel so grateful for it because I know in the end this is about them. That's why I'm grateful for it because I know they're starting to open their eyes to being able to see the amazingness of a a human being. And soon they will recognize that that same amazingness that they recognize in me The only reason they recognize it is because it's in them. So it's not about me anyways. It's not about me. And I will stay there as long as I need to and hold up that mirror and keep reminding them that that part of them is wanting to be owned fully so that they can start loving themselves with that same amount of passion that they compliment me and others with. So, you're spending all of this time seeking something that only you can give yourself. Trying to control something that is uncontrollable by you. Trying to know something that is actually unknowable. Other people's thoughts. Other people's beliefs. And in the end, none of it is about you anyways. The same thing as your thoughts about others. It's not about them. It's about your experience of life and your lens that you can see life through. So I want to give you a small exercise here at the end of this episode. I'm going to give this to you here because I want you to be able to walk away from this with something you can do, not just these facts, something you can start doing. It's a pattern disrupt. It's very small, but has a huge impact, okay? So the next time you find yourself worrying about another person's opinions or thoughts about you, the next time you catch yourself acting in a way that does not feel truly genuine for you, and you'll know this, Because if you didn't care about this person's opinion, you wouldn't be doing it. So you'll know that it's not genuine for you. The next time you catch yourself playing a role around someone else to get their approval, I want you to ask yourself this question, or these two questions. What is it that I wish this person believed about me or thought about me? What is it that I wish that this person believed or thought about me? What am I trying to get them to think or feel about me by me doing this thing, saying this thing, acting in this way. Then I want you to ask yourself the second question. 
Why is it that I'm not willing to believe that about myself for myself? I know this seems so small of a thing to do, but I promise you it's such a huge pattern disrupt. And it will get you to start recognizing the illusion of your desire to know, control, and change other people's opinions and thoughts about you to help you feel something that you want to feel. Okay, my friends? Take this exercise with you. Ask yourself those two questions. Okay? I am here for you when you're ready to dive even deeper into this practice of self-love, self-discovery, self-awareness, and empowerment. All you have to do is reach out. And I'm here and ready to talk to you and work with you, okay, my friends? I love you all. That's all I have for you. And I will talk to you next week. Ciao. Hey, thank you for listening in this week. I hope you enjoyed the content of this episode. If you did, please subscribe or follow this podcast to receive the newest episodes every week as I bring them to you here on the Connect Your Health to Life coaching channel. Ratings, reviews, and comments are always appreciated. These allow me to know more of what my listeners would like in the podcast and allow for more people who may be searching for a podcast just like this one to find the Connect Your Health to Life coaching channel. If you would like more information about me and the work that I do with my clients one-on-one, then please visit my website at www.slch.ch. Again, that is www. .slch.ch. You can also find me on social media on Instagram at SethLusk underscore coaching. Again, that is SethLusk underscore coaching. And on Facebook in my free Facebook group community called A Healthy Life Connection. We would love to have you in the group, and it's only three membership questions that you have to answer to join. And again, it's entirely free. And if you need any further information or just want to say hello, feel free to send me an email directly at slusk.health at slch.ch. Again, that is slusk.health at slch.ch. Thank you again so much for listening, and I look forward to our next time together. Ciao.